Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, good morning. Welcome into Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri here with you for another edition of our show on this April the 9th, 2020. Great to be with you for the next two hours talking sports, fantasy sports, life, anything that is on the mind. Let us know, of course. Hit us up at SportsGrid, uh, at Craig Mish. Certainly hit up Joe as well on his Twitter handle. Any questions that you may have uh, about life, anything in general, right? Like we are an open book at this point, Joe. Anything is on the table to be discussed. It is fair. Amen. We had that, uh, we don't want you to hold back either. I mean, honestly, if you, what we ate, what we like to eat, uh, shoes, whatever it is that you guys want to know, we're available for you here. That's we we really we are, and, yeah. and and indefinitely yeah. this way too as well. Mm-hmm. So make sure you hit us up for sure. Watch all of our mm-hmm. great shows that are on twenty four seven right here on the Sports Grid Network, also mm-hmm. over at SportsGrid.com, and YouTube is a way that you can watch all of our videos. Make sure you give that a good like and subscribe, if you wouldn't mind as well. A little bit later on, we'll take a look at the second round of the Fantasy League Legends Ooh. Fantasy Draft from Monday night. So we'll dive through the second round of that, tell you who had the best seasons ever from the 1990s in baseball. Mm. Of course, we'll have all of our historical stuff that we've been delivering to you on the show, our stadiums, our players. Uh, went in a different direction today to a little college football, Ooh. so we'll dive into that as well. All of that over the course of two hours, but if you prefer, you can watch the show in segments as well. Just subscribe to the show video-wise, audio-wise. You can do it on iTunes, and certainly you can do it on any of your podcast providers. That's the best way that you can give us the show. Uh, get the show, excuse me. So yesterday, really interesting conversation, mm-hmm. I thought, Joe, in the world of sports, which was with Howard Stern. Yes. And Tom Brady. And it was a two-hour conversation between the two of them. Basically, as long as it takes for us to do this show, Howard Stern talked to Tom Brady. And I thought, in listening to it, it was probably one of the most candid conversations that I've ever heard Brady have. Uh, the, he, Brady basically talked like he talks to any of his buddies mm-hmm. in a locker room. There was some cursing. There was, I, I felt like, a lot of honesty, both in his uh, football life and in his personal life as well. And a lot came out of it, which we'll dive into kind of one thing by one thing. For those of you who didn't listen to it, we'll you know, tell you exactly what happened, so you don't have to. Exactly. And, and one of the things that came out of it was basically that Brady said, essentially, Joe, he had us all fooled, that he knew that going into mm-hmm. the 2019 fantasy football season, I like to call it, but really the NFL season, that it was going to be his last year playing in New England. He mm-hmm. wanted that rush of yep. being a free agent. He wanted to be courted. And it really genuinely sounded like in the conversation, he enjoyed that month of time where he was getting calls from all teams around the league. He didn't specify which ones because, again, uh, Brady, you know, that was one of the few things he actually didn't specify. And I understand that because if he did that, he's basically the indictment on some other quarterback on another team. And I, and was really the only thing he didn't reveal. But yeah. beyond that, Joe, uh, really entertaining and not surprising. I mean, you obviously are from New York. You understand the power that Howard Stern has had and has been doing it at such a high level for many years. And, and his interview style is something that I've listened to, I've tried to emulate and copy over the course of my life because the bottom line is that Howard Stern, can is he takes the things that you say and he makes them into the conversation. He doesn't just ask the questions and move on. He just, like, picks up on everything that he says. So... Uh, we'll start off with that, Joe. I, I was a little bit mildly surprised that Brady knew that last year was his last in New England, even before the season started. It, it was a little shocking. I mean, but it um, it was such a unique platform for Tom Brady uh, from the standpoint of that we've, we've spent 20 years getting to know Tom Brady and we know nothing. Uh, Not as well honestly. as we do now. That's no, sure. I mean, this we've learned more about Tom Brady in two hours than we did in 20 years in his career. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that you know, that's not the Patriot way. That's not uh, the Bill Belichick way. There's one voice for the Patriots, and it's, uh, it's Bill Belichick. And uh, as good as Tom Brady has been, uh, and the greatest of all time, uh, we just didn't get those interviews ever prior. Anything that could be used against him was never something uh, that he did. But it's like, listen, it's like anything else. The guy's married to a supermodel. You know, the old saying is, show me a really uh, hot chick. I'll show you a guy who's tired of sleeping with her. 
And that's kind of exactly what you've got going on here with Brady. It got to the point where, all right, this is coming to an end. He knew it was coming to an end. He needed something different. He needed that edge. And after 20-some-odd years, listen, I'm shocked it lasted as long as it did. I really it's am. True. In sports, it's uh, almost impossible. It's unheard of. It doesn't happen that way. It's nine Super Bowls. Like, come on. Like, nine Super Bowls those two have been together. And I thought his answers about, who needed who more? You or Belichick? I, I thought all of it um, about his marriage a couple of years ago, like he had yeah. to start focusing on that. Uh, Tom Brady, in a way, I don't know if this is going to be something he's going to continue to do more often, but um, it was the perfect guy at the perfect time because nobody, and I repeat, nobody does interviews or has a way with people to ask the right question at the right time than Howard Stern, which is why, you know, he's, uh, he's a billionaire and we're on sports grid. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. Just For saying. now. Yep. Exactly. Show. Yep. But, but yeah, and, and you know that to me was the most entertaining two-hour conversation uh, outside of our sports grid network. Of course. Than than anything that I've seen or heard yeah. since the pandemic has started. Really, mm-hmm. like I, I was locked in from the very beginning to the mm-hmm. end because I wanted to hear everything that he had to say. Yep. Uh, you know, moving on from that, you mentioned the Belichick uh, relationship. He basically said, and he didn't take any bait from Howard Stern. He nope. said, basically, that's the stupidest thing ever is to say that I could do it without him. But it's also stupid to say that he could do it without me. We needed each other. It was a nope. symbiotic relationship, and it ended up working for a long time. We both got exactly what we wanted out of it. And he said, yeah, I want to win this year. And yeah, I want to beat New England. Yeah, I want to beat everybody. You know, nope. that's, that's just uh, the kind of the way it went. So. That was definitely interesting. Uh, also a big part of it, and I don't think that this is a big deal at all for me personally, because mm-hmm. again, uh, marijuana is now uh, legal in a lot of the United States too, but he essentially admitted that he smoked before. Big deal, everybody's done it, but to yep. hear that in that way, From in Tom, that format, yes. during over the course of his playing career was surprising to hear that. Yep. Um, he is arguably the most, the biggest health fanatic and fitness fanatic there is and maybe has ever been in the history of NFL quarterbacks. The guy just doesn't put a bad thing in his mouth, period. He eats healthy 24-7. He wants to teach everybody else how to be healthy 24-7. But even though it was a very small piece of information to admit that and say that he did it in the past, of course, he went to college, like we all went to college. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that if we had more interviews like that, I think we would not be necessarily as hard on these athletes as they are because so many times they just don't give us anything or they yes. give us generic answers. In in the two hours and maybe the 40 questions that he answered or 30 questions that he answered, I felt like 90% of them were all pretty straightforward to the heart and honest and raw and true. There was a, uh, you know, and then it's hard for a lot of people even watching, and, and you know this, Craig, that there was a time where the relationship between the reporter and the player um, was, it, it was a it was a big bond, guys. I mean, back in the, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, you know, they knew, the beat reporters knew the players' wives, the kids, what was going on, what they sure. ate. I mean, they were picking up the phone. They were, there was a big time relationship there that worked to the, both of their advantages. You know, nobody ever threw anybody under the bus. It was, they worked together and you had access to them. And then, you know, Belichick was like one of those first guys where, and he started this in Cleveland where he all of a sudden wouldn't let reporters near practice, like wouldn't, wouldn't allow them in there. And everyone's like, whoa, what's, you know, what's going on? And that kind of was the rest, uh, as they say, is history because. Belichick was the one that kind of put his foot and drew the line in the sand between reporters and players, and voila. And he ended up being right eventually because reporting got to be anything but reporting. Um, It got to be, you know, who's first, not who's right. And they just kept it that way. And I think, again, first time Brady's had the opportunity to sit there and be Tom Brady for the very first time. You know, that used to be the way, man. That used to be how it worked. You know, you know what I think, you know, I mean, look, the practices is one thing, and I want to tell a story about that too. Yep. Uh, but what really I think just kind of ruined that relationship over the past 10, 20 years, honestly, in my opinion, is NBA free agency. 
I think Ooh, I think point. that is what ruined it. Just the amount of nonsense that have yep. come out of these daily talkers. Yep. Good point. That has been completely wrong. And imagine, Joe, the texts that are going back and forth to these mm -hmm. people, like making assumptions off things that aren't true. I think since then, players have yep. just, you know, just all around the league. Uh, and the way that LeBron did his free agency and basically didn't reveal it that first one when he went from Cleveland to Miami, I, I think that that just changed everything. I think NBA free agency is the one thing that stopped some of those relationships. But you're right. I mean, players used to go to dinner right? with the writers <laughs> yeah. and yeah. with the reporters, for sure. I mean, look, I still feel like I have really good relationships, yep. but it probably would have been a lot different 20 years ago for me and being yep. in the position that I am now. Uh, the interesting story uh, from this, too, you mentioned practices mm -hmm. uh, when, I mean, this this was actually crazy. They would never do this now. But right. back in, I think, 2008, I'm not really, I can't, it's okay. not coming to mind. But uh, USC played for the national championship here oh, yeah. Yeah. in South Florida. Yeah. And it was Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, and all those the guys. The Texas game. Was that the, te that was the uh, Texas? Well, USC won the oh, game. Oh, no, that was a fiesta. So was, yes. They, they beat no, Oklahoma, no, maybe. They yeah. destroyed Oklahoma. Yep. So USC... Uh, had a practice mm -hmm. at uh, in South Florida called Barry University, which is mm -hmm. not far from where you live. And they basically said that the practice is open to the public. And Joe, this is two days before the national championship game. Wow. And Pete Carroll just was like, we're great. You're not. We don't care. Come take a look at Reggie Bush. Come take a look at Matt Leiner. Yep. Come take a look at Dwayne Jarrett. And what we got Lendale going on White. Here. Mm -hmm. We ain't going to lose. Like, and it was crazy. So as a fan at Barry, you were able to just walk in and just go watch the press. I mean, that would never happen now. I mean, never. And that was only a little bit over 10 years ago. Like, could you imagine before the national championship game? Nope. Uh, you know, uh, Urban Meyer or nope. Dabo Swinney saying, yeah, fans, just come watch us and, and see our, our prep yep. for the game right before the game. But like, those days are done. And you're right, the secretiveness of it. And that was even after Belichick took the job in New, in New England. But... Yep. I love, that's why I always love Pete Carroll, because he had the attitude. People would ask him, like, why are you allowing this over the public? He's like, everybody knows who we have. Really? Everybody exactly. knows the talent that we have. If you think that you're better than us, then come beat us. Exactly, yeah. So it was it was one of those surreal moments, and I always thought to myself, oh, this is, oh, every year. Every year the Orange Bowl is going to be here. You're going to be able to see an open practice. It never happened again. Yeah, it's not. And it it's uh, the access has been dwindled the uh the amount of writers and everybody with a computer you know became a writer and whether it was true or not i mean the whole relationship between the uh the reporters and the players just soured and you know there were a lot of guys that thought and there the the idea from coach's perspective was listen if i thought the media could help us win or lose games <laughs> Their idea was media's not winning games. They're not playing. They're not running routes. They're not tackling. They're not catching. It's ridiculous. But Belichick was a guy that obviously less distractions, uh, things he could control. And, you know, it's hard enough to win games in the NFL or anywhere, really, for that matter. So the less distractions, the less I have to worry about, the better. We're talking about a guy that taped other teams practices guys it was the ultimate control freak and tom brady spent 20 years in that system so i'm well, i'm sure yeah. we're going to get a few more of these before it's all said and done well, he's letting loose for yep. sure in that yep. interview too and of course it was it was just you know really intriguing to yep. see uh, him talk in that way and and the other part of course which was really something that caught me by surprise and almost volunteered joe mm. you alluded to it earlier in the segment was the fact that he mentioned that his marriage was a little bit on the rocks yeah. a couple of years ago with Giselle and how Giselle wrote him a letter yep. basically explaining what she needed him to be, how she needed him to be. Mm -hmm. And he admitted that they went to some sort of therapy, yep. I guess, at some point. Yep. And, and I, again, just so refreshing to hear that. And again, yep. he could have avoided that, Joe. There was no yep. reason to ever bring that up. But nope. maybe it was cathartic for him to be able to say all those things. But, man, if we could get those sort of interviews from our athletes, it reminds me of the old days. Remember when... Uh, on ESPN, uh, when Roy Firestone and Chris Myers would have that show, was it yep. Up Close, right? Up Close, like that's afternoon. correct, yes, and we get it, we get an opportunity, you're right, yep. We don't have that anymore, man. Nope. Like, I guess maybe we do, and I'm just missing it somewhere, but no. I, don't, I don't feel like we have that. No, because you're in an, in an era now, and listen, I mean, um, Baker Mayfield learned this the hard way. GQ interviews, this and that, you know, we all scream and yell that we want 
you know, authenticity from these guys. And then when they give it, we just hang it over the head and we destroy them every time. So, I mean, it's it's gotten to be that way, unfortunately, where uh, you it, all it does is cost you money. Going on Twitter, communicating, engaging with fans costs you money. All it does, anytime, anytime you want to be authentic, it's probably going to cost you a sponsorship or something else along those lines. So some guys just opt not to do it at all. Yeah, and, and they ask themselves, what's the benefit? Yep. Back then, it was a little different. Now, yes. it's if there's no benefit to me, why would I do why it? Why am I so doing I it? I totally get it. Yep. Uh, after the interview was over, I, I guess Jameis Winston had his own interview that was mm -hmm. scheduled just randomly, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. He was on uh, some Fox show, mm -hmm. and uh, he said the quote was, kudos to me for being replaced uh, by Tom Brady. Now, right. look, I give Winston, again, credit for, for talking, and you know certainly he was, even though it wasn't a Tampa Bay Buccaneers and an NFL interview, I give him credit for answering right. the question. But uh, I'm not sure that I, that it's really kudos to Jameis Winston, Joe. I mean, if Jameis Winston didn't throw 60 touchdowns over the, or 60 interceptions over the last two and a half years or three years, he'd probably still be the quarterback in Tampa Bay. If he didn't do that, he'd probably be the quarterback with somebody else right now. So uh, I get the spirit. I like it. I think we both agree that he'll end up somewhere in the NFL this season, if we probably set a total of games started by James Winston in the NFL this season, I probably would throw like my hand up on a five or six. Like he's going to start, he's going to play somewhere at some point. But I thought that that was kind of coincidental that the interview was the same day. I love it. Uh, you know, be uh, kudos to you, James, for being the number one draft pick and, um, and having every chance under the sun in order to prove yourself only to end up throwing up all over yourself and giving away to a 43-year-old quarterback. Congratulations, Jameis. I guess it's all about perspective, really, but uh, congratulations, Jameis. Some people would say, hey, man, you made an awful lot of money and you sucked, so congratulations. Uh, there's always that. But he yeah. could be in this league 15 years. Oh, for sure, as a backup or even a starter. But he's going like, to be fine. He's going to be fine. But so many yep. teams already have passed on him. Indianapolis yes. and yep. Carolina and San Diego. Yep. I, mean, I mean, he made the Bears. Like, yep. he's had so many chances to end up somewhere, and he will. Yep. My guess is the Raiders, you know, like, you know, he'll, he'll end up somewhere. He'll And he's going to play a lot Absolutely. this year, too. Five, yep. six games somewhere because mm -hmm. the backup quarterback is always more popular than the starter. Yep. And as soon as the starter fails, he plays. But just an interesting take, I thought, from Jameis Winston. The All right take. The right take because he's going to get gotta, signed up from somebody. Yeah, and you course. can't go off against Listen. Brady. It's like, eh. What's he going to hang his head low and not get signed? He did the right thing. I would have exactly. done the same thing if I was yep. him. Smart, Smart. from him. Yep. All right, we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. When we come back next. It's this day in fantasy sports along with our sports birthdays. We didn't get to it this segment, but believe it or not, another NFL team decided to debut their new uniforms during the <sighs> pandemic. It must be the hot thing to do during times of being home. Show off your new uniforms and show off really essentially nothing. That your uniforms look exactly the way they did the year before. So no Atlanta sense. Falcons chose to do that. We'll have that a little yep. bit later for you on the show as well. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Ranieri, and we're back after this short timeout right here on Sports Grid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back to fantasy sports today, Craig Bish, along with Joe Ranieri, with you here on the show, and uh, we're going to go through some of the day in fantasy sports, and also this day in fantasy sports history, as well as fantasy sports birthdays for April the 9th, two thousand and twenty. Before we do that, I got to say one of the stranger things Ooh. yesterday, Joe, was having a virtual Passover with all of my family, both being on Zoom and on Skype and on phones from like four or five different houses. Uh, you know, the, the very big Jewish tradition over the next uh, almost two weeks, essentially right. everyone getting together and you know having what's called a Seder for two mm -hmm. nights. Well, we had our first one last night and I gotta tell you, it was definitely surreal. I don't know what your Easter plans are, Joe. <laughs> But um, if you're doing any Easter egg hunting, you may want to get ready to have a virtual uh, egg hunt. Kind of crazy, isn't it? it? It really is. Uh, well, listen, it, it's 
new things, right? Uh, at least it'll be a, uh, a Passover and an Easter for folks that they will, uh, they'll be able to tell the grandkids, the kids, this, is, uh, this one's going to go down as unique, shall we say. Unique. Do you, th- do you think that that is the case? Like, it's funny that you say that because to me, when this mm-hmm. is all over with, I think we'll always remember it. Right. I feel like a lot of people are, are not going to want to talk about it for a while. Like, I, I think that a lot of people are just going to want to be over this. And, uh, you know, certainly there's been things in, in, in our history that we always remember. And, right. and this is at the top of the list of anything that's ever happened in our lifetimes. But I, I certainly don't want to revisit these days. Like depends on how this all comes to a conclusion. I think uh, over the next couple of months, we'll determine how we view this, at least in the immediate uh, future. Right. Um, it, it really, I think a lot of that is to be shaped here right now. Again, I think everybody's okay right now. Like I, I don't, it doesn't seem like anyone's really freaking out right now. We all kind of understand what has to be done. But if we're right. still having this conversation in June sitting here like this. I mean, right. is that fair? June? Like, like right. we'll, we'll be just going crazy at that June point, right? June and July. Yeah, I don't know how much longer people are going to be able to. I mean, right now, it just feels like a lot of people are like, all right, so this is like, and we got like the ultimate letter from the doctor kind of thing. Like, all right, we Absolutely. don't have to, we don't have to go to camp. We don't got a thing. But at some point, reality is going to kick in around uh, everybody here and uh, real life is going to have to because right now this doesn't feel real still I think to a lot of folks like this is just we're just seeing it from the outside like I I mean I can do this another month no problem yeah like I I totally you know I get it and I listen I'm going to do it as long as first of all I should be very clear on that I'm going to do it as long as I'm asked to exactly but just from a conceptual standpoint and a mental standpoint like I'm totally good now Two months from now, I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, eventually, it's going to get to a point of of wondering how long it's going to be. I think That's we're right. there right now, but I think we're all coming to terms with no sports. We're all coming to terms with just making sure that everybody is safe. It may be a different conversation in June. I, yeah. I don't know. I certainly hope it doesn't get to that point. But once we'll the see. conclusion comes, I think, and uh, people, the, to me, you got to get back to work. Once people start getting back to work and their regular lives and that, I think that's that's when we're going to have a better idea of how this is going to be viewed. Uh, unless, of course, there's not a lot of work to go back for folks, then that's going to be a whole nother set of problems that we're going to have to deal with. You know what's interesting is can you imagine doing this show two, three years from now and us doing this year in sports, 2020? Oh, that was there was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing. There Remember was, the pandemic? Remember nope, no sports? Nothing. <laughs> There was nothing last year. It was absolutely nothing. And that too. I mean, uh, we have yet to have a situation where a um, a sport is canceled yet, where we won't have a champion. I mean, right now, well, for the most basketball. part, we I'll will, basketball. right? So college right now, there's always going to be that asterisk on this year. Yes. Uh, how many think, more? Yeah, yeah, how many more? Yeah. I mean, the British Open is, is you know, clearly has been... Right completely canceled but we know the masters we know the the horse yep. racing wimbledon but they they made out so they're all right yeah so. they got insurance on that so yeah they'll be good yeah no it's 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 definitely going to be curious what what the world of sports uh gray sports almanac from back to the future what's it going to look like we're going to be buying some yeah. pandemic insurance moving forward i'll tell you that oh, yeah, right now sure. because oh, yeah. no no one's going to sell yeah. it no one's going to w- be willing to sell wimbledon it. for the last what 13 14 years has been paying two million dollars a year on pandemic now they collected a check for 144 million so yeah somebody pay the pandemic insurance <laughs> My I, w- I want to hire whoever Wimbledon had doing Ooh, their insurance. I mean, you figure too bad, two million. I mean, they've been doing it for like close to so 17 years, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. But to get a check for 144 million when that's due, that's like that flood insurance. You know, like uh, you hate oh, writing the ne- check exactly until yeah. your house is floating oh, away. <laughs> I'm telling you now, man. When we, I mean, I I paid insurance yep. my whole life. We had one issue. Yep. yep. In my house, and yep. it was like the hardest thing that's to get it. paid, man. Yep. It was like. You know, yep. it almost feels like what's the point of That's all correct. this? You know, we had to hire an adjuster. It was like crazy, but yep. it, he did very well, and it all worked out. But at at the time, going through the pain and the nonsense, like, oh yeah, we'll send you a check, just you know, a check to get started. You're like, oh, it's like thinking oh, it'll be five thousand dollars. Two hundred dollars. Yep. I'm like, what? Yep. Not until you it. need it. Not until after the work is done. A lot of the time, too. It's like, all oh, right. there's my house. Yeah. <laughs> it's floating right by me. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like you could sleep in that thing, Joe. You seem pretty comfortable on that raft. So true. Oh. Give me a martini on the raft. Wow. All right. 
I don't know how we got so far off. Oh, that was great, though. That's so true. All right. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. This day in sports. Here we go. April 9th, 2020. That's today. So we're going back to April the 9th in history. In 1978, David Thompson of the Denver Nuggets. Boy, mm. I, I mean, I don't remember this happening at all, but I'll take their word for it. Wow. 73 points, Joe, for, uh, for David Thompson. So David Thompson, for a long time, was among you know the top in terms of scoring. Now, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Kobe Bryant break this? I believe he did. Okay. I, yeah, so, I'm, I'm so, fairly sure. I mean, sure obviously, Will Chamberlain had 100 points in a game. I'm aware of that. But since then, it's kind of like guys going you know, teetering around 60s and 70s. Yep. But yeah, David Thompson, one magical day, had 73 points for the Denver Nuggets. Look doesn't, it up. Back doesn't in, take uh, much. Yep, doesn't take much. <laughs> like a great fantasy day, too. Imagine that in DFS. Uh, Ricky Henderson in 1989 uh, stole his 800th base. Wow. And it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that Joe, it's like, it, it's very rare to have non debates in sports. And you basically can pick almost anything in sports and create a debate out of it. Mm -hmm. But Ricky Henderson is one of those universally understood as the best leadoff hitter of all time. And no one even argues that fact. Yeah. Like, you, we can debate anything. Like, you can give me, give me the best of all time. And, we could probably poke a hole at it and figure something else out. But no one, it's like, oh, who's the best leadoff hitter of all time? Oh, yeah, it's Ricky Henderson. And that's an opinion, by the way, not a fact, like how many steals he got. So to me, uh, this is the point of him getting his 800 stolen base. I believe he did it with the Mets at this point. He was you know, toward the end of his career. Yeah, I don't think there's any, uh, I don't think there's any argument. Shouldn't be an argument. And if there is an argument, it's because you didn't grow up in that era understanding what it meant to be like. All right, so Ricky's going to get on, and he's going to be on second, and that was the narrative every time. And then if you weren't careful, he was on third base. <laughs> oh, he was going to hit a home run? <laughs> or, or he was going to go yard. Exactly correct. Yep. That was yep. your options with Ricky Anderson. And that was just to start the game. No, it was really incredible. Yep. Uh, all the things that he ended up accomplishing. He um, ended up stealing 1,406 bases over the course of his career. Wow. So, uh, yeah, just an incredible career, yep. 297 home runs, 1,400 stolen bases, and uh, also had over 3,000 hits as well. And then finally, we're mm. in like the Masters range here, as we talked about a little bit yesterday. So we go from Tiger Woods yesterday, mm. Joe, to Phil Mickelson today. Phil Mickelson wins his second Masters. Mm. This was on April the 9th, 2006. And you see the nice little picture there of him jumping up in the air. Mm -hmm. And it was just Phil and Tiger. For a long time, Joe. And it was oh, like every was. once in a while, like it would be Sergio, you know, somebody else would like pop on the scene, win a win a tournament here or there, and we'd think that, oh, somebody else is jumping into the beat tiger mix, but not really. It was only yeah. Phil. It was only Phil. It was always Phil. And it was uh and that was it really. I mean, and that's always the argument. Uh and even Phil had to learn how to win over the years, because Phil took a lot of unnecessary chances back in those days, man. That was uh Phil was his own worst enemy a lot of the times, and and that was the era that Tiger was, and it led by Phil, that guys that would just throw up all over themselves come uh, on Sunday when they knew they were in the final group with Tiger Woods. There was a lot of guys who just could not handle that. Yeah, it, it had to be really tough. And, and I remember uh, those days also is waiting to hear if Tiger and Phil uh, Joe, we're going to play in Doral when they yes. used to have a golf tournament in Miami, waiting yep. to see if they were going to play in the Honda Classic, which is still going on now. Yep. And they've moved that to PGA National. But that, but to me, like those days of hoping to get those two on the course for your tournament, which That's is uh, really what it was uh, all about. So those are our days in fantasy sports history. We got mm. those three at the top, David Thompson. Uh, Ricky Henderson and Phil Mickelson. Mickelson. So, and three so. very, uh, very good and uh, great uh, guys too, as well that you bring up there. And these birthdays are interesting too. You got coming yeah, up. Not here. Bad, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I mean, I, I didn't have any great sports ones. Uh, not, not many great athletes, which is mm. kind of rare for this show. I don't know why, but it was. Now Dennis Quaid was in the news yesterday for political stuff, but we're not doing that here on the show. We're right. we're strictly doing uh, birthdays, okay? Right. So uh, Dennis Quaid, who we talked about the best baseball movies of all time, and funny enough, Joe said that he really liked The Rookie. So when I saw that it was Dennis Quaid's birthday, I figured let's throw him into our sports conversation. Yes. Dennis Quaid was born 
1954. But Joe, you said that uh, among all the baseball movies, you had a few others at the top, but you wanted to include the rookie in the conversation. Absolutely. Very, very good. And he was actually, Dennis Gray was actually a big baseball player growing up too. I mean, he's a, he's a huge baseball fan. I remember seeing a couple of uh, interviews regarding that movie and a few others, and he was uh, he was a big baseball guy growing up too. So he uh, he loved the game and he was very knowledgeable about it. Yeah, no, and I really, I mean, I, I thought that movie was was really good too. Um, what other movies did you like from Dennis Quaid? Inner Space was. Yeah, the one where he was the fireman from uh, in a different uh, in a different uh, era that he was uh, calling back. I can't remember the name of that movie, and it was. Uh, okay. wh where he was uh, heard through the radio and uh, oh, it, frequency. Yes, frequency. I, I thought that was one. a great yeah. movie. Thought it was the very day, underrated. The day, the day after tomorrow, he was in. That, that was, was also great. Part. Yeah, he's like, I told you, <laughs> I told you this was coming. The right stuff. A million movies too. He's been acting for jeez. I think most people think The Big Easy is probably his best movie. Ah, that's what. Yeah, well, that's that goes what started. So yep. far, I don't even know if people yep. remember that. And All Meg right. uh, and Meg, right? Meg, uh, yeah, I think Meg left Meg him. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And I think he just keeps marrying, uh, you know, people that are a lot younger than. Yes, him. They, that happened. Him and uh, Leo have that. Uh, Leonardo keep having that disease. Except for Dennis Quaid, according to 1954, shows me that he's almost 70 years old. Yeah, well, that's you know, don't tell them that. He gets older, <laughs> they get younger. God yeah, yeah. goodness. They stay the same. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that movie too. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, All right. very good. Uh, okay, so I, I apologize here. I can't do anything if there's just no really great sports birthdays, Joe. That's kind of where we're at. I had to dig a little bit more than I than I want to. Um, but uh, Hal Morris uh, was born in 1965. He was essentially the best baseball player born on April the 9th. And I know that's not saying a lot, but you know, around 2,000 hits, played for the Reds, also played for... The New York Yankees. I, I was going to get there. I was going to uh, get there. Okay, yep. I'm sorry to you know release all that. All right, all right. You know, I know that's your thing. So. Of the Yankees, there Anytime it is. Anytime I can get a Yankee in there, I'm trying to get it in there for uh, you. I know the next guy played for the Yankees. Raheem Moster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best football birthday. I, the people are watching this going, you kidding me? There's got to be somebody better. They, well, I, I at least know. he's relevant now. Well, everyone has, has heard of the guy. Right, it's like, exactly. I'm, I'm never going to put a birthday in of someone on this show that you have never heard of. Right. And believe me, a lot of people probably who are watching this, especially a lot of people who are watching digitally on an app, Mm -hmm. on Pluto or Zumo or Stir are like, who in the bleep is Hal Morris? Morris? Probably so. But the good thing is that if you're watching it on the app, you could just minimize this screen and Google it. And That's you correct. can see that Hal Morris was a really good hitter for yes. a long period of time. In fact, I had him in a fantasy league once upon a time in the uh, 90s. So uh, Hal Morris is second. Raheem Mostert, born in 1992. Mostert was a fantasy stud mm -hmm. for a bigger part of the 2019 uh, football season, Joe. And, of course, we were expecting huge things from him in the Super Bowl. In fact, a lot of people were very much in on all of his props because of how well he played in the playoffs for the right. San Francisco 49ers. But uh, didn't really have the best game ever in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that there is a chance that Mostert has this job to himself in San Francisco in 2020. They were going in between three backs, if you remember, last year. Started off with Tevin Coleman. I think you knew and I knew that that was a big mistake. I don't think Coleman will be on the team this year. Right. Matt Breida, who's really good but just can't ever stay healthy, is their second guy. And then they had uh, Jeff Wilson also. It was mm -hmm. another, like their fourth running back, too. So I think Wilson will come back as like the extra back. But I think Mostert... My guess is if he's healthy, he's going to be in line for a really big 2020 season. I don't know if he'll make the most of Mostert this year, but uh, I thought he looked really good when yep. he played last year. Well, he's a guy that certainly made a name for himself that uh, had to pay his dues in the NFL, but given the opportunity, wouldn't you know it, took the uh, the most. Of, where was McKinnon, by the way? Was he? Uh, he got hurt and never came back. And that, that was it, right? So he yeah, was he, he was done back. with them. Yeah. So yeah, he, had, he he signed two years ago away from the Vikings. They right. signed him. He had ACL surgery, and then he had another one. Yep. And he just and he just never came back. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. The truth is, I mean, when you look at uh, running backs for Shanahan, they're very committee-ish anyway. That's so, what's going to be. You know, I thought Ke I thought Tevin Coleman looked like he was done. I I I, yeah. I think San Francisco. I think he doesn't make it. Yep, I agree. Look, 
when it was Colbin and Freeman, I mean, you're going back five years already here, yep. and, and running backs just don't last that long in the mm-hmm. NFL. So, uh, Mostert's got a shot, but again, we'll see how the draft pans out. There, you know, things can happen, and that could change. Uh, and then our final birthday, 1985, David Robertson, who the Philadelphia Phillies gave a multi-year contract to at the beginning of last year, and he rewarded them, unfortunately, by being hurt and missing the whole year. So that was kind of sad. He was a well, Yankee, wasn't he? Yeah. There you go. Okay, there see? Go. But he was very good with the New York Yankees. He, he was, was excellent yep. with the New York Yankees. And so if he, and I believe that he will, well, who knows about this season, but if they do have a season, he will come back and pitch this season and potentially yep. be their closer later in the year, if there is a year. But that's, uh, that's our birthdays for today. Mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid, Hal Morris, Raheem Mostert, and David Robertson. Love it. That's how we'll, uh, we'll close it out here. Perfect. All right, we'll uh, take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today, and we'll be back with more right after this quick break. Don't go anywhere. Craig and Joe, right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Michelot with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show as we close out the first hour of our two-hour extravaganza. Of course, don't forget... Joe and I are here Monday through Friday from nine or from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And then as well, we have a weekend edition, which will be coming up this weekend, where we just kind of get to recap the week and still deliver live programming to you guys 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Uh, listen, this is like it's it's new logo and New Jersey season in the NFL. I, I, I mean, I... I don't get it. I feel like we're 0 for 3 at this mm-hmm. point. We started off, if I'm not mistaken, with the Rams. Yep. And nobody likes the Rams' new logo and, and, and their colors or anything like that. We went to the Buccaneers. Yep. And I guess it's okay. Like, I mean, it didn't really move me one way or the other. And then, unfortunately, a couple of nights ago, Joe, somebody, some random person on Instagram or Twitter posted all of the Falcons' new jerseys without them posting them. And yeah. so the Falcons, who were supposed to release these next week, said, uh-oh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put them out now. Kind of no choice. And no, that's had... kind of so, what you so, got. Like, I mean, the black ones look nice. Yeah, the red ones look nice. Sure, the white ones look nice. I, like, like, I mean. It looks look, very I, XFL arena football to Yeah, me. why, why yeah. are the numbers changing so much on these NFL jerseys? I, I don't know. I don't know. I bet it, it, it feels XFL-ish. Numbers. It really yeah. does. Yeah, this one especially, especially the uh, the uh, the black one, right? Yeah, I don't understand. Um, and I mean, for the most part, the colors are kind of the same, but I I, I don't know. Again, I guess you got to you know merchandise. You want to you want to go through this every, but everyone's into is that what it's all about anyway? Right. I, that's the thing is that everybody wants to buy the old uniforms. Yes. So why not make the old uniforms the new uniforms and sell them? I agree. Your primary spot. I agree. Makes no sense to me, and it's uh, and they keep doing it, and I don't know if there's going to be more or less that's coming in there, but uh, it's just a uh, it's very strange to me. It really, really is. Uh, I mean, nice. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the colors are kind of the same, but it I, I, it's got a tinge of arena football to me. Yeah, as long as the Saints don't change theirs, I think we're good. Like yeah. any other entity, the AFC, the NFC South, it feels like yeah. they're running running the gamut here on changing their uniforms but who's next who's who's left uh carolina is uh, i guess i guess like i don't know like, i i you know in, in major league baseball you could do it like once every like nine or ten years mm-hmm. like you can't just yeah no. just randomly change no but i think the padres changed up their uniforms this year that's one of them i i don't listen it, it's something to get fan interest and i right. totally get it but i i think the thing that i have a little bit of an issue with is that it's just it's too overhyped because you're not really changing anything right like if you're going to hype something up as something brand new then show me something that looks awesome and brand new got to give yes, me something yes, that's new yeah. right yeah exactly yeah kind of tinkering with it like yeah. like make the announcement we're tinkering with our jerseys right. we're going to show you what we've decided okay fine oh debuting our brand new look like with all the hype you know yep 
And you've also, I mean, listen, players have made it in a lot of these sports where you don't even want to buy the jersey because they're not on the team. That's right. Uh, you know, for, for so your favorite and an person. NFL jersey like, at that? That's a hundred dollars minimum. I'm, I'm probably way under on that. Exactly. Like so it's like, all right. So what am I? What am I buying here? Are they, hey, now you're changing the logo, and now you just like it's. I mean, I understand you got to do it every now and then of to course. keep up with the Joneses, but wow, this is. Uh, I don't get it. That's and with just, people's extra money from being unemployed, is this the time that people are going to run out to get a brand new Atlanta Falcons jersey after seeing this? Couldn't kick this one down the road? Like, it uh, couldn't, let's hold off until next year, but I guess, you know. Or the draft. Wait till the day of the draft or something. Like, just wait two weeks to find out. And, like, I look at this and I'm like, okay, great. But if I'm somebody that's trying to feed my family during a tough time, mm-hmm. am I running to buy a Falcons jersey? No, no. Certainly not running to go to a Falcons game or anything along those lines. So, yes. Nobody ever has. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, people who have a Matt Ryan jersey, are they really going to go out and buy a new Matt Ryan jersey in a new uniform? I doubt it very much. No. Nope. I'll end up up going back to the old ones eventually anyway. It's good to know. Speaking of which, you you showed there the tweet was from Adam Schefter. Yes. Um, Boy, he had an interesting tweet late yesterday as well where he said that, some of the IT people and executives are are very concerned about going into each other's houses at this point. Some of the high-level executives don't want the IT guys at their house to set up the technology for the NFL yes. draft. Now, we've still got some time yep. before this is over, but like we just keep hearing these. You know what's interesting, Joe? We keep hearing these little ticks. Like, like, uh, we don't, we're going to get hacked. We don't know about, like, I, I mean, is there any chance that there's brushback about still doing the draft from a lot of people and maybe they don't want to do it? I don't get it. Like, but, and like Schefter's not one to just throw something out there and he wouldn't do it with just one person either. I mean, this has got to be multiple people. Is there a chance this draft doesn't happen? Uh, does it? Listen, I don't think, uh, the chances of you getting, Every coach, every team, every ma- everybody on the same page during this time is probably next to impossible anyway. So, you know, leave it to Chef to find the couple who are probably bitching and moaning just because they want a couple of extra, they want a couple of extra weeks because their scouts suck and they don't want to. Uh, and let's face it, they're trying to push either give me more guys, right? Pittsburgh, I kill. I, I need more. We need ten rounds. We need, yeah. Some guys, Elway didn't want to do it's it a new at story all. Every day. Yeah, it's like listen, stop. Will you uh, stop? If your scouting department sucks, that's on you. you. You've seen enough tape on the guys in this draft. You know exactly what you need. Go figure it out. Would you have any hesitation of letting anyone at your house at this point if you if you had no. some sort of issue? Just no. curious. Um, would they be? Would they? You'd wear a mask. Would they wear a mask? How yeah, I mean, you know, you take the precautions necessary, and uh, right. you know, you hell, even, you know, at that level of what we're talking about, I, I'm sure you know, team doctors could uh, verify, take temperatures, and guys could get a clean bill of health that are uh, that are okay to come over from the IT department. I, you know. This isn't like a geek squad showing up in a van here somewhere, all right, at Harbaugh's house being like, knock, knock. It, that's not what we got going on here, guys. Best Buy, right? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's we're, Best Buy's here. Wearing the black tie like, and, the, and you know, the white cutoff. Uh, yeah, no, guys. That's that's not what we've got here. So I'm sure it's just a little uh, little people love to be a bitch and moan So because uh, they got Seems nothing like else to do. some posturing's going on. It's interesting. Absolutely. The day after day, it's like it's almost as like they're throwing things out there to see the reaction. We need to extend the draft. We're worried about getting hacking. We're worried about people coming in our houses. This is the yeah. third thing. We're, and we're worrying about screwing up the draft. Uh, that's the other thing we we're heard worried about. Yeah, we haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, well, that's because that, all of that ties into just that, trying to save your own ass in case all of a sudden it doesn't work out. Well, listen, you had the combine. You got three, four years of tape on everybody. Um, you, you've had all of this time sitting home, nothing to do. <laughs> Call these guys. Like, there's no reason for you not to be ready at the end of this month, ready to pick uh, in the draft. It Zero does, It does seem, though, that there's a large portion of these teams or that don't want to do it. It's, it's pretty odd. Yeah. I mean, I... I Look, I get what you're saying, and in this particular situation with the with this discussion as it pertains to having somebody come in your house and the IT, you may be right. It's a couple of squeaky wheels, could be, but look, you had the GM of the Steelers say that he wanted the draft to be extended. You mm-hmm. had the head coach of a multi Super Bowl champion in Harbaugh saying mm-hmm. he's worried about his Zoom getting hacked. So, 
I mean, yes, I take it with a grain of salt, but I mean, these are pretty decent organizations that are letting their voice and their name be out there associated mm-hmm. with this too. So I'm not saying it's it's the draft is not going to happen. Right. All I'm saying is that if we keep hearing these stories, Joe, every single day, I would, I'd be, I'd start to get a little bit concerned. I'm not well, there listen, yet. I've, I've never seen Harbaugh argue with a ref where a flag was ever really against his team. You're talking about guys that bitch and moan for a living and complain every chance they get one way or the other on a Sunday. So listening to them bitch and moan about, oh, we sure this, that's their job. That's the nature of the beast. That's what they are. They worry about things. And, uh, you know, I get it. Uh, But at the same time, if you've done your homework, and especially if you're in the top 10, like, you know who I don't hear bitching and moaning? Cincinnati, Washington. Uh, Detroit, uh, let's see, Miami, uh, the Giants. I don't hear anybody at the top bitching and moaning. I'm hearing it from the bottom of the draft is where I'm getting it from. Nah, nobody's interested in you. Like, you do your job and, and you get the players you need because everybody else who actually needs the players at the top of the draft to shape their franchise, I don't hear any of them bitching and moaning. What percentage chance does the draft happen, in your opinion? 99. I'll go like 90. Not, well, you, you know, I'm, I'm, not, you, I'm going to 90. You didn't read that note. Goodell said, like, shut your pie hole about talking about I don't have to draft. do that, you know? Cardano hasn't sent me that note. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm good. I can but do that here. The, yeah, the I, know. I, I think knows. it's going to happen, too. All yeah. I'm saying is... A lot of money tied into that uh, draft in a couple they, of weeks. They could do it in May. They could do it in May. They could. They could. They have to do it in May. I'm just, they could. Honestly, they probably should have just initially said, we're moving it to May. Mm-hmm. But they put themselves in this position to have to do it now. We're less than two weeks away. Right. I mean, listen, we're the following week, right? We're we're out of house arrest, I believe. Isn't that the plan? Uh, you know, April 30th. We, we don't know. But right. the point is, is that if they had said May mm-hmm. and we were still in this predicament, what would have been the big loss from and moving it back changes? a couple of weeks? What changes? The players get better? Like, what happens? No, I guess they're all able to go back to their facilities. You and know. Right. I mean, that's a big part of that. That can happen whenever they want. So whenever that happens, everyone's going to be on the same page. Uh, To me, the only thing you're rewarding is teams that who aren't prepared. So you give them more time to do it. To me, everybody's had it. Everybody's known, prepared. Get your facts together. Get your players together. Get your board together. And go grab it. Let's go. We're asking you to sit on your ass and and basically type in who it is that you want. You and I could do that from our living rooms and don't need anybody walking into my house to get it done. I need an extra three hours on this show to accomplish it. Thank you, my rest my case. Exactly correct. We can push it till May. We'll push it till May. All right. Or you know what, June? Why? Why don't we just wait for the day of training camp and just draft your team? That's what I'm saying. That's what I would say. Give some extra time. We have nothing to lose. All right. Do your job. Draft your Listen, we want we want the content here. We'll take yeah. the draft. I'm exactly. Just, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> it's just story after story. If I yep. hear one more of these when we're doing the show tomorrow, but you notice it's not at I'm the top down. of the draft. Not yet. Not yeah. yet. Yeah. Not yet. Wait till tomorrow. Wait till mm-hmm. Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the NBA has finally made their big announcement. Not about coming back. No. But they are putting on the horse contest. Congratulations. So. Here is going to be uh, who's going to be in this, according to Adrian Wojnarowski right. of ESPN. We have Trey Young, Chris Paul, and Zach Levine. Those are the three, at the very least, that are going to be in the horse contest okay. in, the, in the NBA. So, I guess this is something that this could be the first bet, Joe, that you end up getting in on, right? Like th- this sounds like it, it's there's a possibility of a Joe Ranieri opening up the app. And, pay, and, and placing the bet. I, f- I feel like it's coming here with this. I know that you've held out yes. outside of the horse. I don't even know if you've gone in on the horses. But outside of the horses, this is finally your shot. It sounds like this will be bettable. I know that uh, there's been some issues about betting some of the uh, yes. the, the Sims in the NBA. And <laughs> I think Good that's point. Yeah, can't, can't do a lot of eye racing. Uh, but yes, this is actually something concrete we might be able to sink our teeth into here a little bit. Although, I don't know. I'd rather have Wojnowski play horse. You know? I know, like, right? You know, like, we should get all of the... Can we get Schefter, Wojnowski? Like, give us all of the media guys. Let them play horse, and let's see how that goes. They did yeah, say a I couple think... of WNBA stars, and I believe um, uh, a couple of, what they say, recently um, 
couple of uh, classics. Recent so, alumni. Recent alumni. So that'll be interesting to see who else they no, get in not. there. No, it will not. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, recent alumni would be... I'll watch Tiger King again. Well, no, we're going to watch that. We might just actually highlight that. And uh, we might go live and critique the damn thing while we're watching it here, Mish. All right? That's live, exactly where we might go. That's show. right. Listen, I am down for anything. At Tiger time. King live. Here we go. I think that could be more interesting. <laughs> got to make it more interesting yeah like i, I like unfortunately like i listen and we're doing a lot of historical stuff here on the show we, we essentially have no choice in it right like that, that we're at here but what i'm i'm already and it's only been three weeks or four weeks like i'm already over all of the old games and mm. and watching the simulations uh on tv i mean i'm i'm simming these these fantasy baseball leagues after we've done the draft but it's basically hit a button and they play the games we find out how we did but as far as like spending a lot of time doing it, I'm certainly getting a lot of joy working with my son in the backyard and playing Little League yep. Baseball. I, I don't, I, I mean, I maybe I'm just such a grouch. I just am not in on horse either. I'm just not. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to be into live. it. I just would be, I'm going to be into it because you're going to tell me who you're betting on and I'll root for you. That's about it. <laughs> I, I'm thinking... I, I got to see who the whole game really is. Because favorite. the three is, guys is that you just this? said, Let's though, like the, you Let's said, what'd you say? I mean, you're talking about Trey Young. Levine is nice. I mean, he should have won the dunk competition, so we know what we're going to get from him. Trey Young's just going to shoot from, like, section 302. So, I mean, he's just going to bombs away. And uh, and who was the third guy that you said that was in that? Oh, yeah, I already forgot him because that's how insignificant Trae he is. Young? So, yeah, well, Trey Young and... Chris the, Paul? Uh, call Chris Paul, yeah. I'd rather have the State Farm guy. Honestly, give me, you know, give me, uh, what is it, Jake from Steak Farm? Give me him in there uh, as opposed to Chris Paul. I, I, it's a very interesting group of people. You got one dunker and two guys that are going to shoot from all over the place. Where is, I, I don't know. Like, you're going to get Trey Young to do a Zach Levine dunk? I don't, you know, he wins. H.O., congratulations. Uh, I don't get it. I really don't. All Maybe right. Shaq's all gonna, right. Shaq and Barkley. Now, that's something I'd watch. Just seeing Shaq right. trying to jump off the ground would be would be worth the price of admission, I think. All right. On that note, Joe, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. We will come back. We've got the second hour coming up here on the show. Mm -hmm. In the interim, what we'll do during the break is we'll see if you can actually log on to uh, FanDuel and bet any of this stuff. And we'll start giving you the odds. And we'll give you the odds on that, all the odds on the iRacing. And if I'm not mistaken, um, we've got a lot of other things that you can bet on, including Nicaraguan soccer. Yes, yes. Moscow Liga Pro. Belarus handball. We got that coming up. Yep. Belarusian soccer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thinking that Slutsik over yeah. Tebek. Yeah. Well, Belarus has got a uh, got a person in charge there that thinks um, the coronavirus is a psychosis. So they're going to play some sports there in Belarus. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> We got a quick timeout on fantasy sports today. Craig Mish, Joe Ranieri, we'll be back in. Oh, look at this. He's making it. I thought that show's been canceled. Come on. Forget about it. Make it. We got more fantasy sports yep. today coming up next. Craig Mish, Joe Ranieri with you here on SportsGrid. Also, SportsGrid.com. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.